2: Stort for the win! It's good!
0: Popashefsky, catch fire, three, and that is good! For the lead, Gilgis Alexander, got it! The Thunder lead by one!
3: What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the Uncontested Game Podcast. Um, I was your host for tonight on the Locker Room app, Taylor. Um, I was joined by none other than my little brother, Hayden Peterson, you can find him um, on Twitter at HPOKC. Um, We had a lot of fun, (laughs) believe it or not, breaking down this game because we kind of got off topic, Um, had a lot of great interaction from you all on Locker Room. We apologize to all of you uh, Android users, as we know you guys want to join, and I promise you that they are working on that. Um, but in the meantime, we do appreciate um, all of you other um, people who are able to join and have been interacting with us because we've had a ton of fun, and especially on nights like tonight, um, it makes it much more enjoyable. So um, the Thunder end up losing 147-109 to to the Golden State Warriors as Steph and the, the Warriors were just on fire from three as we kind of break down here soon um, in the, the postgame uh, locker room. However, it was a pretty great night for the Thunder Tank, which we also get into with quite a few other teams winning, um, and the Thunder losing against the Warriors. It, it ended up being a great night overall for OKC. So, without further ado, I will uh, patch you guys into my my chat with Hayden in the locker room app, as well as many others who came up on stage. We really appreciate you all. Continue to do that, and here um, we go. Welcome everybody to the uncontested Post Game podcast. Uh, not nearly as fun as last night's game as the Thunder lose 147 to 109 to the Golden State Warriors. Not necessarily a super fun game per se, but a pretty good night overall for the tank in terms of the Thunder um, getting better chances at a top five pick. But uh, this is your host, Taylor. I didn't mention this. We are a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and the official podcast of Boomtown Hoops. And I am joined by none other than one of the the very few people who would join me on a a post-game podcast breakdown of a game like this. My little brother, who I bullied into joining me, bullied him my whole life, um, (laughs) and bullied him into joining this post-game. Hayden, how is it going? It's going good. Uh, I guess... It's a good
2: thing Thunder lost. wasn't was very fun one to watch, but
3: <laughs> hey, we got to do what we got to do. I mean, do. Oh. so I chose this game. Jacob took last night's game, which was like the perfect tanking game, quote unquote tanking game. Right? Yeah, Lou was. Dort scores forty two. The Thunder come back. They like have it within nine, like down the end of the fourth quarter, and then they just you know. They, they barely let it slip away. They end up getting lost anyways, but it was fun. Tons of great themes to break down. Moses Brown had a great game. Lou had a great game. And tonight, <laughs> not so much. Now, speaking of Lou Dwart, Aiden, um, obviously an incredible game last night. And uh, probably something we'll get into, you and I, here a little bit later. But um, Lou Dwart out tonight with a sore shoulder, I think is what they said. And then yeah. when Dignal was interviewed... Pre-game, basically said it's nothing. I mean, in a very professional way where he's not going to get fined, but very much said it's nothing. Um, it's second I have a back-to-back. Um, Hayden, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's been quite a few articles. Uh, Woz tweeted one out from Baxter Holmes, or I think it's Baxter Holmes, um, from ESPN. I've seen quite a few articles recently, really ever since the Jamal Murray just devastating knee injury, the ACL tear, about the uh, increase in injuries and the increase particularly in, sh- in soft tissue injuries uh, with the compressed schedule and what's that's doing? what that is doing to the NBA players um, this season and how, how franchises are trying to manage that. And tonight, I think, is a perfect example of that. Um, in a season where the Thunder really are not trying to make that play in, obviously, right? They, they want to improve their pick. They aren't going to play a guy like Lou Dort after a uh, extended minutes like last night where, you know, he um, got quite a bit of run, um, obviously had an awesome game. You don't want to take him out there in the fourth. I really loved uh, That's a separate topic. I really loved how Dignant put him in there at the end of the fourth to, to help him get to that 40 point, that career high mark. Um, But they didn't want to play him again tonight. And that's basically what, what, Tonight came – or today came down to um, where they set him. And then obviously you have Shea um, still not being evaluated, Hayden. Um, he was supposed to be evaluated mid-April. Um, that's still the case according to Dignalt, but they still don't have a, like, set date for that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if Shea doesn't play the rest of the season, especially with the Olympics coming up and him wanting to probably play um, – for, I almost said Toronto, <laughs> with him wanting to play for Team Canada. Uh, it would make sense for him to kind of rest the rest of this season. Um, and then I'm going, oh, Poku still has a sore arm. Obviously, there's a, another, I mean, Horford, guys like that. Um, but Josh Hall was back. Roby, um, Roby obviously was back again. So where do you want to start, Aiden? I mean, just an absolute beatdown. I think there's a couple positive things you can take from this. Um some guys who showed up like Baisley and Moses Brown yet again. And also just like not a whole lot you can take from a game like tonight where, like I mentioned, the thunder weren't completely, um, or not, (laughs) they basically weren't healthy, right? They're, they're playing second and third stringers. Um, the Warriors were just on fire. Um, a lot of places we can go with this, but what's your initial reaction?
2: I thought, I thought Baisley was definitely the bright side of the game. he, had his basely moments where he wasn't making the best decisions, but I think the best basely is when he's being aggressive. And he definitely did that tonight. A couple of those, uh, fast breaks he had too is he was being aggressive, but was still under control and was able to, you know, do a short little Euro step. And I think that's when he's at his best. When he, when he gets going downhill and can still control himself, he looks good. So that was a positive. I thought, I also thought Jerome looked good tonight. He should, I looked at his stats. I think he was only like two for Two six, of nine. Three, yeah, two you called nine. it. Yeah. <laughs> you you called it. It. I thought it was better than that, honestly. But I thought he looked good. He's he been right playing plays. so well recently. Yeah, he made the right plays passing the ball, but. I wish he would have shot a little better, but I'm not worried about that with him.
3: One thing I did mention, um, so that, that first quarter, obviously with the Thunder being shorthanded, one thing I really liked and I've, yeah. I've just been a, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Dignall overall. I tweeted this out last night, halfway joking, but like also halfway serious uh, that I really appreciated Dagnall bringing Dort back in there in the fourth quarter to get that career high. Um, he set him there towards the end, uh, like with like three minutes left. if I can remember off the top of my head, uh, maybe a little more than that. And I thought that Dort was going to be done for the night. Dagnall brings him in, uh, lets him finish the game out. Uh, the Thunder actually go on a big run there, get within like nine, like I mentioned earlier and Dork is that career high. Um, but So I I really have loved the things that that Dignall has done, especially with the rotations this season. But one such thing, especially being shorthanded like he was tonight, playing both um, Teo and Ty Drum together, that was really interesting. I was curious how that was going to play out. Obviously, they don't have very many, I mean, I I didn't look this up before the podcast, but they they don't have very very many minutes together, um, especially with Shea being out. And and that's kind of when Ty um, has gotten the most of his minutes. Um, So Dignan's really staggered both Ty and um, Teo. But I thought it was a great idea to play them both together tonight. Obviously, we didn't see like, Very much a a lot of that was due to outside factors, like the Warriors just going crazy and from from the three point line, and um, again, just kind of the style of the game that we saw tonight, but I did really like that tweak. So Ty and Teo there together, I think it's something kind of to watch long-term. Um, I think Ty is going to be a kind of a guy uh, off the bench, a spark plug at the Thunderview long-term, or I, say, I keep saying long-term, at least within the next season or so yeah. um, as the Thunder continue to bring in some of the young guys around Shea uh, and Lou and Poku and others. But um, I, I agree with you, hey I, I did really like, um, or I have liked what we've seen from Ty long-term and I mean, shooting 40 40 percent from three for the season tonight not so much he was two of seven but i love his confidence i love that he's still putting up seven shots or sorry seven shots from outside the perimeter
2: yeah and the good thing about him is like you said he'll he'll never stop shooting he takes the open look which i love about him Cause there's even some like that. Uh,
3: he had that dame shot, right? Like from the logo yeah. last mm-hmm. night. <laughs> I'm like,
2: I'm fine with it. Any other year, maybe. Oh not. no, absolutely. But this year, I mean, if it's nice,
3: especially keep shooting it, yeah. Like even moving forward off the bench, I think. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, if you're you want a guy kind of like that coming off the bench and that that second unit tonight, which isn't I kind of tweeted this out. It's not typically the second unit for the Thunder team. But they needed a guy who could step up and, and really kind of score for them. And, and yep. it really kind of went through a drought there. And towards the end of the first quarter, um, especially into the second quarter, I was hoping Ty Drome could be that guy because he kind of has been um, over the past couple of weeks tonight. Not so much. Like you mentioned, Hayden, only two, uh, nine from the floor overall. Um, but he, I, I think he can be that guy. Kind of moving forward. I, I know you're going, I mean, it all depends on the draft, right? Like this upcoming draft, if, if you draft somebody that kind of moves, like for example, a Poku off the bench um, uh, or coming off the bench next season, right? Poku's kind of that score for that second unit that you really need. And um, things kind of fall into place a little better. But at least for this season, um, Ty Jerome kind of been that spark plug. Um, now that he's gotten healthy. And I, I'm with you. Even though it wasn't his best night tonight, that was somebody that um, I enjoyed getting to watch. And um, he's just been really fun and really has surprised me. I had very low expectations for him heading into the season. Yeah. Now, Hayden, uh, you mentioned Baisley. We'll get into him in a second. But I kind of wanted to talk about some of these stats that I had saved (laughs) um, heading into the game um, that – There it is. So, OKC, this is from our own Nick Crane. OKC is one of 11 in their last 12 games after tonight. Um, The 11 losses over this man have been by a combined 266 points for an average of 24.2 points per contest, losing by 24.2. With that in mind, the Thunder now hold the sole possession of the fifth best lottery odds in the 2021 NBA draft, which is good. And I had one other... uh, If I can find it now, of course I can't. There it is. Okay, so um, before tonight, the last time that the Thunder had lost eight straight games was their inaugural season in 2008, where they lost 14 in a row. So, Hayden, this is kind of something that we've mentioned um, on this podcast, but how this phase doesn't directly mirror um, when the Thunder first came here in 2008, but how it's kind of a similar process, right? Because, like, for example... Um, the Sonics trade away Ray Allen and trade away some of these veteran players that they had. Uh, they got Kevin Durant. Then they drafted Russell Westbrook, right? That was the offseason, right? When, when they had just gotten here. Yeah. Um, and, and that obviously Lee sued James Harden the following draft. And there, there is a lot of similarities there. So it's interesting to see that stat, that um, the Thunder <laughs> haven't lost this many games consecutively since that inaugural season. And I think it just kind of shows you the direction that Preston the franchise is going.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the last time they were really this bad was 08, which was yeah. the first season. And I think
3: he's doing the same thing. Mine is like the plagues of Egypt season where everybody was hurt. Oh, and yeah. That was just for like it wasn't a, that, bad, that was an extended stretch. A bit right, right. Yeah, it was it's was different,
2: but yeah, I think regardless of what some people think, the direction the Thunder are going right now with losing, what'd you say, nine out of ten? It's on purpose for sure. <laughs> one of eleven. <laughs> yeah, winning one of eleven. That's that's pretty bad, but. It's it's what we need to do, especially being in the small market. People preach it all the time, but you're not gonna be like the Lakers and suck for three years and have LeBron James come sign with you. You gotta you gotta draft the Kevin Durant and Hardens and Westbrooks to get to get back to
3: the finals. True, true. So we'll kind of get into that here in a little bit. Um, But just, you know, like I said, we're kind of free-flowing this one. But I do want to kind of hone this back in really quickly, um, back into this game specifically. The first quarter um, was actually not so bad. The the Thunder have been coming out pretty hot recently, regardless of who they're playing in the first. Um, They shoot 57% from the floor. 44.4% from three, which they were four of nine. Meanwhile, the Warriors were six of 12. And basically at that point, they just never looked back. I mean, it was absolutely absurd. I'm looking at Steph's numbers in the third, uh, 25 points in the third quarter, eight of eight from the field, six of six from three. Just absolutely wild numbers there. Um, Golden State's, this is from Warriors PR. Golden State's 50-point third quarter is a team's six-ever 50-point quarter. Wow, And that's their third time in the third quarter. (laughs) Kind of confusing there. But the Warriors last accomplished this feat on January 15th against Denver, 51 points in the first frame. So anyways, all that to say that the Warriors were just on fire. And that's, I mean, if you think back to the Warriors that the Thunder used to play, Right, <laughs> back in the glory days, yeah, that would make sense. This season's Warriors not so much, right? It, it's definitely been an up and down roller coaster. So I, I think just first of all, Hayden, like specifically for, like pertaining to this game, um, this is a kind of a win-win for the Thunder because the Thunder have that uh, that Warriors pick Wilkin Bay, I believe. This is off the top of my head. If the Warriors are uh, ninth or better and the Western Conference. If I'm uh-huh. remembering that correctly, that might be wrong. Um, but also, again, another Thunder loss. And then you have teams like the Magic, the Raptors, um, the Cavaliers. There is one other that I'm going blank on. And then, of course, Reggie Jackson has to run it and, uh, and make the the Pistons lose. But we was a pretty good night overall for the picks, like we talked about.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, you talked about it earlier, but having that five spot, what is it, the fifth worst record in the league, that's that's big, especially in this draft because it kind of seems like those top five guys are all kind of the man caliber and can kind of take over a team. And after that, I'm not saying anybody else can't,
3: but it does seem like the talent kind of drops off after that five spot. really does. it? it not that like – in the sense of those guys that aren't NBA players, I think it's a very talented draft in that sense. But in terms of like you said, hey, game changers, that yeah. top top five is exactly where you want to be. That was the other team I was thinking of. The Rockets also lost tonight. Um, I know a lot of people are thinking, well, you don't want them to lose too much because you know it's a top four protected pick um, in terms of the the swap rights that the the Thunder have currently for this upcoming draft with Houston. But I think you want them to just have the best odds possible of landing a top five pick, excuse me. And then um, just just hope that uh, it, it lands at number five. also yeah. <laughs> the best case area for the Thunder. Oh, sorry, were you saying something? No, I was just agreeing with you. If- oh, did, okay. gotcha. Okay, well, um, somebody else you mentioned for tonight's game, though, Hayden. Sorry, I keep taking us. This- off topic in terms of draft picks, which is kind of hard not to do tonight after, again, a 147 to 109 loss. But there is Basley, 22 points, eight rebounds, 10 of 18 from the floor. This is exactly what we've been wanting to see from Basley. Um, I think, especially with guys like, you know, like we mentioned out, um, even Poku for that matter, um, pertaining to Basley's kind of position he's been playing with this team, but also Shea, um, Dorp, other people who are kind of um, who, uh, sorry, I was reading, reading something from Jacob, um, who are holding on to the ball, uh, or, are, are, are going to be, um, are shooting the ball more, more often. Um, yep. I, I think there was a perfect opportunity for Baisley to be a little more aggressive. Um, and he did that tonight and that was good to see, even if it wasn't perfect. Um, I, I still did like seeing Baisley being a little more aggressive. So what do you think Baisley needs to do to take that next step forward?
2: I was thinking about it while I was watching the game, and he was was being really aggressive tonight, which is good, but I would like to see him. And I thought the same thing about Teo, too. We will get into that later. But Baisley seems to be more aggressive and better when Dort and SGA and even sometimes Teo when he's not in there with them. He's more aggressive when he's alone like as the best player on the court. And I would really like to see him even when he's playing with SGA and Dort to still be that aggressive guy who will take 10-plus shots. I think that's the next step for his growth, and I think confidence is part of it right now too. I think he understands his role and that he's not as good as Shea and Dort, but I think he I think he can be that third guy going forward. I don't think a lot of people think that about him. But third I, guy? That's
3: interesting. Okay, I, I don't know if I believe that, Hayden, so I like that. Continue. I think he can. I, the I'm, reason, not saying I, I'm not saying I'm out on, on Basley by any means. Yeah, no. But I'm, third guy, I like that. Continue. And the reason I say that is because, one, he's got the build. He's got the strength,
2: I think, and it's going get, to keep getting stronger. And I think his basketball IQ is what keeps me high on him because he makes these stupid plays. You know, you, everybody watches him where he drives in and is kind of out of control or throws a stupid pass when he gets off balance. But when he's not doing that, even when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, it's fun to watch him play. Because for one, he sprints about everywhere he goes, which is for a third guy, it's, that's pretty valuable. I don't think people realize just playing hard as a, like a role player on a starting five how important that is. And he plays as hard as he can. He goes after rebounds, sprints down the floor, and I think going forward with his build, him just running the floor with a couple like couple draft picks or ball handlers along with Shea, I mean. If he can learn to really do that, high like at a high level, that's arguably ten points that uh, he can get just from
3: outrunning his man on the court. And I'm with you. I just I don't I don't know if that's a third a, a third yeah. man kind of I I don't know. I I see guys like a uh, Poku taking that role potentially. And again, this is like. <laughs> As a team is constructed right now, that's obviously subject subject yeah. to change. Uh, but Lou Dort, even right when you have him doing what he did last night, he's not going to do that constantly or consecutively. Um, especially when you have Shea and whoever else you surround him with moving forward. But I see him kind of being more of a a third score type of guy compared to Baisley. But one thing I did really I do really like about Baisley that you brought up, Hayden. I think a specific example of that is, and I can't remember, I think it was the second quarter where he went up, um, he set a pick uh, for uh, Ty Jerome and uh, just immediately knew to roll to the basket because he knew it was wide open. Um, his ability ability to do that so quickly, make that read, roll to the bucket. Uh, Ty made a really nice uh, dump to him, had, had a really nice uh, bounce pass to him and uh, just you know, wide open dunk for Baisley. It's the plays like that I think that are, are great and, and great to see from him. But you're right, he's very much a mental player. We I, I talked a lot about that this season, and especially from outside, you know, he's really going to have to try and hone that in and work on that in the offseason um, and, and continue to improve there. There's a lot of things that make me hesitant about him, but there's still so much untapped potential. I think the thing, and I was actually talking about this with some people last night after the game. Um, again, this is a back-to-back. So after last night's game, Um, I was talking with some people and and just I I mentioned this to you just a little bit ago, Hayden, but I think this is the perfect opportunity for Baisley to be a little more aggressive, kind of like Lou, kind of like Tao, kind of like Poku, right? We've seen them use this time frame with guys like Shea and Horford and George Hill prior to him being traded with those guys being on the bench or not playing, using an opportunity to shoot more shots and, and gain more confidence I think Baisley really needs to take advantage of this opportunity because I don't see him being that guy to really do that when these other guys are back on the floor come next season. Um, I think this is a really good opportunity for him to grow within himself, um, within the game, and then apply that and kind of find where he fits in, You know, find his role moving forward. So yeah. I really hope to see some, some continued growth from Baisley. But I think tonight was a, a good step in the right direction.
2: Yeah, for sure. I just don't think he's even close to scratching his potential, his surface, or
3: I'm with you there. Yeah, and that's why I I think that's why like a night like tonight, even though he's the Thunder's leading scorer, uh, 10 of 18 is still not necessarily satisfying for me. I think for the same reason as you, right? Like he still could have done much more. It felt like yeah. So, Hayden, somebody else we need to talk about though, Moses Brown. 18 and 12 tonight. Not necessarily his best game that we've seen him play, especially after a fantastic game last night um, against Rudy Gobert. But Moses Brown continues to show real things, and I, I continue to just like think about um, Nerlens Noel. Not in terms of the style of play; they aren't the same kind of center. But like in terms of what I think Moses Brown will be, and again, he might blow me out of the water and just be like a, a high caliber starting center moving forward. Um, for the rest of his career. But I kind of see him being more of a Nernal's Noel type, right? Like one of the most sought after, um, highest caliber backup centers and can start at center for the right team. But I don't know if he's a starting center moving forward, but regardless, he's continually continuing to put up numbers. And I've been really impressed with Moses.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, he's obviously, obviously been impressive, but I definitely not sold on him being a starting center in the league. I think what you said maybe for the right team one day, and you I mean you obviously never truly know how good somebody can be, and you can be high on a player, but the thing about moses i I don't see him as somebody who's going to improve a lot, like kind of like we talked about basically how I think he can really improve a lot. I'm not sure Moses has that in him. I think the things he's good at now like blocking shots you know just disrupting grabbing rebounds and scoring his pretty easy buckets I think that's going to be kind of his style of play however long he's in the NBA I don't he's not the quickest he doesn't have the best feet in the world so I don't really see him being that that
3: starting center for a basketball team yeah no I agree um, outside of that I mean speed six of 11 from the field tonight 14 points. Um, one thing I did notice is it, it seems like, you know, again, with limited players, um, a lot of other players got some role or got more burned tonight, like Tony Bradley, for example, who only 14, actually 14 minutes. That surprises me. Kendrick Williams, 22 minutes. Ty Jerome, 21. Um, Josh Hall, uh, Jalen Horde. Uh, Justin Robinson, guys like that, not getting a ton of burn there until the the end of the game, um, but not quite the starter minutes that we've seen in the past. I think Dagnall was trying to spread that out a little bit on the second night of a back to back. Yeah, but other than that, not a lot to take from this game overall. Other than it was a great tanky night for the Thunder, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast. So, uh, hey, do you have anything else about this game before we? get to some chat questions and comments because they are very mad that we haven't replied to.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
3: them or or, or mention them yet only thing I got to say is keep it within 15 yeah even I know. 20 even 20 I'd give it to I him. know that's what Jacob mentioned he uh he he got the great game last night when Lou had 42 and uh I got stuck with this one so here we are <laughs> so going through the chat uh, if anybody wants to join other than Jacob or Kamiar please join it and come and talk with us and um If you're a non-member of The the Uncontested and you join and talk with us here for a little bit, I might even give away a shirt. So come up on stage, we'll accept you. You can talk with us, but if not, I'm just gonna go through the chat.
1: Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now, they wanna help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend Account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, You'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC, maximum balance and transfer limits apply.
3: Let's see. <laughs> Jacob said, Get your cons- Oh, Jeremiah Caesar. He wants a shirt. Here we go, Jeremiah. You you've been in the entire time. Can you hear us? How's it going?
4: Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear awesome. me
3: good? Yeah, okay. yeah, you sound good. Boom! Come on, twenty like seven minutes. Talk. About yeah, exactly. This game. this game
4: we got blown out by like forty. <laughs>
3: <laughs> content. I was content I was
4: doing my college homework for like the, like all like into the third quarter because it was so bad. <laughs>
2: there was there was a point in the game where i caught myself scrolling on tiktok watching some videos and i looked back up said oh yeah we're down by <laughs> 35 had to lock myself yeah, back in a bit.
4: it was just watching like Baisley dunk for parts of the game and moses and it was like all right cool losing it by 40 yeah,
3: exactly now that Baisley dunk though there in the second half was a uh, that was fun that was at least something. But I was hoping for a little more, like you know, yeah. like a Lou Dort forty-two point night, yeah. and the Thunder still lose and <laughs> keep it close. But like sitting Lou, I think to your point, Jeremiah, like sitting Lou, just the ultimate tank move. His sh- quote-unquote oh, shoulder hurt. This tank, was <laughs> but he'll be just fine come Friday, uh, or maybe he won't. I don't know against the Pistons. How are you feeling about everything, Jeremiah? Tell me. How are you feeling about the the state of the team um, oh, this season? Oh, great! Good.
4: I'm I'm hoping for Cade.
3: There Cade, we go. Cade. I like it. Uh, I like it.
4: Oklahoma State fan. Sadly, always <laughs> feel <laughs> bad. Always feel bad watching the team because I know what's going to happen. Everybody keeps trying to hype them up every year, and I'm like, I know what's going to happen.
3: <laughs> that that's fair.
4: Teams, all the that. athletic teams, except for wrestling. Wrestling's fun. But, yeah, that's,
3: you guys do feel wrestling. Um, like, so I actually was talking about this with, sad, with Hayden.
4: <laughs> yeah,
3: well, so Hayden played basketball growing up with Bryce Thompson, and Bryce Thompson just announced that he was transferring from uh, from KU. And I keep thinking that he's wanting to come and, and play at OSU and play with his former teammates from Booker T. Washington, the Boone Twins. But it and sounds it like maybe play. maybe he might be coming to TU play where his dad played, play under Coach Hay, or uh, play under Coach Hay. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I
2: I wouldn't be surprised if Bryce ended up at Oklahoma State. I, I would be very surprised if he didn't end up at an Oklahoma school for sure, whether it's OU, OSU, or TU. But um, I, know, I know all these schools are going to be recruiting him pretty
3: hard. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe well, Thunder,
2: maybe Thunder can grab
3: Bryce as one of their picks in the future. Jeremiah, um, if you're on yeah. Twitter, be sure to DM us with your info because you get a t shirt because oh, you came on stage. Cool. I was <laughs> so DM us at the underscore contested. I'm gonna get you taken care of.
4: Yeah, it's right. under a different name too.
3: So. <laughs> okay, I mean, fair. That that's okay. That's okay. I promise. I won't uh, I won't reveal your identity.
4: Just just trust me that it's me.
3: <laughs> okay. Deal. Deal. I will. I promise. Okay. I'll know. All right. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremiah. Okay. All right. Who else? Let's see more people joining. We got Ryland in the chat now. Locked on. He's got the locked locked on badge. Jacob has the blue wire badge, but they still won't give me the blue wire badge. I'm really uh, really upset. We got a speaker request. Kiwi Greg. Okay, Kiwi. Kiwi is in. Kiwi Greg. Can you hear us? I've always wanted to say this. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. We can hear you. You
5: sound good. Cool. Um, Listen, I'm just going to say a couple of things like looking towards the future because it looks like it's not too now. This week you've been talking about whether we take next year and something you haven't pointed out is our pick goes to Phoenix. I think it's top 14 protected. So we pretty much need to do bad next year if we want to keep that first-round pick. It's a good point.
3: Very good point. Um, Is that next yeah, I think that is next year. That's crazy. I was just yeah, just thinking about that. So you're right, like with the Thunder bringing in some of these European players, right? Um, we talked about deck. Um, and we'll, we'll see what happens with the others. But I'm with you like it, it is going to be interesting if they feel like they can take that leap, because they're gonna have to go all in. They, they want to make sure that um they're, they're going to make the playoffs because if not, yeah. they're just kind of stuck in the middle, you know, going for that, like, playing spot. They're going to lose that pick. I hadn't thought about that. That's a great point.
5: Yeah. I know. Well, obviously, it does mean we lose two future second-round picks. And, well, we've got a good record with those second-round picks. But, you know, I think we still want to look at uh, staying into that tank mode next year, I guess.
3: And, and I'm with you 100%. Actually, one of our co-hosts um, on the group podcast this past Sunday, um, Nick Crane, he kind of mentioned that as well. And he said, like, you know, he, he kind of feels that next season might be our, our, our like, the yeah. low point of the tank, right? <laughs> <think it'd> be <laughs> because, like, night. if you, you're getting rid of, like, Horford and the Hills and, um, and, like, yes, you have Shea, obviously, you have these other young guys, but what happens when you get rid of some of these other vets? Excuse me, and then you – Bring bringing in like a deck and others and how does that look? Like is, is next year actually the bottom of the tank? So what do you yeah. think, Greg?
5: Well, yeah, no, it's like um well, what have you got? Chet Holgram coming in, I think that year. You know, we're yeah, that's true. With- Chet Holgram, yep.
3: Chet, okay. and then you have, um oh my gosh, why well, am um, oh, I going blank hidden? I should know this too. Well- Who uh, am I thinking well,
5: of? It's similar with it. I was going to say bringing up the question money right, base there it is. <laughs> is what are we going to do with our salary next year because we're looking to offload Horford with for 27 million but we've right. also got to spend an extra 60 million i believe it is
3: yeah no you're right to, to yeah and absolutely to hit that salary floor um i mean what, I, I think the the, the biggest thing oh, sorry sorry go ahead do we
5: yeah, do we start bringing in some free agents like look at Collins or?
3: Oh, man, that 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 is a good question. I don't think Collins is necessarily who Pressy's going to be going after just because I think he rather than going for somebody like that, um, who is still young, but is going to command a lot of money, um, is going to want to be locked up long term and who is going to kind of like, potentially put you in that middle ground, right, of uh, not necessarily getting a good draft pick, but not necessarily making you a, a championship contender. Um, I could see Preston wanting to swing for somebody uh, in the or swing more for the fences, right, in the draft. Um, but if you're right, you have to use that space somehow. So I think what's going to happen is you're going to see, especially with when you're uh, more off his contract You're going to see the Thunder want to trade Al Horford uh, in return for like expiring contracts and maybe not taking on like picks in return for him or his contract, but you're going to get expiring contracts to fill that, to fill that contract space. Um, And even then, like you said, I mean, the Thunder still have some salary to fill. And I think that's why we saw like a contract like Gabriel deck, right. From real Madrid um, who is on like a four-year contract. I think he just got signed to, but like all three of the next three seasons are non-guaranteed. So if you have to guarantee a guy like that, you do that just to help with the salary for.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, we do get to make some offers on some guys coming through, but what are we going to do with, you know, that much money? It's got to do something with it.
3: Yeah right no and, and, and absolutely, um, but you also have to think like if you if you do bring in like expirings for Horford right this next coming season, yeah. then that that season after, you're, you're, knock on wood, but you're going to be signing guys like Shea, or Shea specifically <laughs> to a pretty large uh, max extension on his contract, so that's going to help quite a bit. Um, there's going to and this is just off the top of my head, I can't remember. I feel like there's a couple other players who are due for a max extension, or not a max extension, but extensions as well. So that's going to help fill that salary floor. It's really like yeah. kind of to your point, like just getting through
5: <laughs> next season. Well, and well, how do you funny. handle that? I've, I've had to look through that the um, looking for bad contracts that we can take on, and absolutely, I don't see that many bad contracts out there.
3: <laughs> You're right because it's kind of getting to the point where you know that 2016 season people have already kind of gone through this process. That's a good point. It, it's going to be interesting to see how who they bring in, like w- what back contracts can they take on. Yeah, I mean, well, shoot, just bring back, back right. Russ, right? <laughs>
5: well, exactly. Why not?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly right. Oh, no, Kiwi, Greg, we uh, we appreciate you. Where are you from? Are you out in um, New Zealand?
5: I am from New Zealand, but I've been in um, Australia since 97.
3: Uh, okay, that's awesome. That is yeah. uh, super awesome. I was going to say, you, you had Kiwi Gregg in the name. I was like, he's got to be a Stephen Adams fan. By yeah, but I was going to
5: say, we can even bring back uh, Stephen Adams because I think... Oh, to...
3: yes. Oh, I would, that. That. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. And, he, you know, like, he... I don't think he'd take us up like another level to uh, <laughs> necessarily put us in like super, con- but like he'd be the perfect. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I I like that a lot. Uh, Kiwi Gray, we oh. appreciate you. Uh, please continue to join us. We'll keep keep you having enjoy you.
5: Enjoy
3: the tank. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. So thanks again to Kiwi Greg. Anybody else want to join? Do we have any other uh, speaker requests? Let's see. I'm gonna scroll through. The- There's been a lot of comments in the chat. Should see we sign I'm- page to attend? Day. Should we sign <laughs> that would contribute to the tank? Absolutely. Michael Cage, Church League. Uh sorry. I'm mean, there's a lot of comments here. This is bad podcasting, but I'm trying to uh uh let's see. Okay, so Ryan Siles of a Locked on Thunder. He has an entire segment on Tony Bradley's soft hands, might rank top five softest hands in the NBA. But that is a great topic, Rylan. Um I mean, that dude has some, like, wide receiver hands, especially that pass that, that Tao had in the first half where he, like, somehow, like, you know, he got pushed, so he kind of, like, twisted his body, had, like, a behind-the-back-but-over-the-head behind, behind the back, but over the head, um, pass to Tony Bradley, who somehow was able to catch it, bring it back over his head, and finish the shot. Just fantastic. How have you felt about uh, Tony Bradley? Tony has really impressed me.
2: I completely going to be honest i did not ever watch him play before he came here i'd heard good things about him especially from joel joel and beads tweets but yeah. i've been impressed with him since he's been here i don't think he tries to do too much either i think he's kind of that perfect probably backup center in the league kind of like moses brown but like you mentioned his hands are very good he has a soft touch around the rim and i think he has pretty good footwork too from what i've seen
3: yeah, and, and that's the other thing too. I'm with you. Um, I'm just so curious how they handle both Moses and Tony Bradley long term. Yeah,
2: it'll it'll be interesting to see. I don't I don't think both of them will stick around, but maybe they maybe they will.
3: <laughs> Jeremiah season us. This has somehow almost reached 40 minutes with little attention to chat. That is skill. Hey, we brought people on. Okay, that extended this like 20 minutes. Uh, Moses Browns is still from Romero Cruz. We just talked about Moses. Um, Again, just guys that Pressey's taking a gamble on, um, and and continue to pan out, um, especially in the Thunder development program. And then Silver, our guy Silver says, do so you think Poku plays in the next week? Dort, um, I think Poku does, and honestly, I think Dort does also. Dort's not really hurt. It's just, you know, like like we talked about earlier, Hayden, uh, just resting him on second out back to back, especially in a season where games are compacted. You don't want any long term injuries heading into the next couple of seasons. So I think that's exactly why guys like Dort um, have been resting and, and others. And, and I bet Pokemon comes back like next week. Yeah. Maybe this week. Maybe, yeah. That's fair. Maybe Friday. Well guys, uh, I think that's all I have. You have anything else, Aiden? Nope. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. No, so <laughs> thanks for joining me on an absolute, uh, going to be completely honest, pretty, pretty tough game to, to cover. But we cover a lot of bases here. Thank you to all of you all in the chat, all of you all who joined on to talk with us on stage. You guys create a lot of content there, and we just love interacting with you guys. Just a, a perfect night to be able to do that. So thank you guys again for tuning in to the Uncontested Postgame Podcast. We're following along on, on Twitter, be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, or on YouTube, on Facebook, everywhere that you can find us. Be sure to um, subscribe, Spotify, apple be sure to leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed what you heard uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in like i said pretty rough rough schedule coming up for the thunder with four straight games um, on a road trip but some must <laughs> this sounds crazy to say but some must lose games as they have the pistons um i think the wizards i'm trying to remember off the top of my head it's uh raptors, raptors uh quite a few teams that they probably need to lose to if they are wanting a top five pick. So uh, stay tuned. Hopefully, we have some more fun games like the Ludor 42 point game lost last night. Uh, we will have you guys covered regardless. And uh, be sure to continue tuning on Locker Map. We'll bring you guys up. So thank you guys again.
0: And until next time, Thunder Up. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our keepstock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger: for the ones who get it done. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants, they all depend on you.